Welcome to Zeus's show of entrepreneurship and regional development podcasts. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guest today is Monica Lent. She's from Schwartz School of Business and Francis Xavier University, Canada. She has recently published an article entitled Entrepreneuring in Necessity Context, Effecting Change Among Widow Entrepreneurs in Northern Ghana. It has been recently published in the volume 34, number 7 and 8. It is part of the special issue dedicated to Alistair Anderson's legacy. Monica, welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you very much. Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer with this contribution? Well, first of all, Vincent, I have to say that um, before I, I talk about the origin of the paper itself, I have to say that Alistair was a very special person and I have just recently retired and uh, I, th I didn't envision my... <laughs> Uh, writing another paper, but uh, this Alistair meant so much when the special call came out. I really um, embraced the opportunity to be able to uh, pay tribute to the legacy and his contributions to the entrepreneurship field. So it was it was very special to me to be able to have this opportunity. Uh, but really, in terms of the the origin of the paper itself, I have to go back. Um, quite a ways in, in many regards because the focus of my whole research career has been on better understanding the role of entrepreneurship in addressing the challenges of the disadvantaged. And this is kind of out of the mainstream somewhat of the entrepreneurship field in many ways. And so it started like on issues like ranging from rural communities facing the collapse of their economy to communities of facing poverty and marginalization. And over the past 15 years or so, I started doing research in the Global South. And what really uh, stood out for me was when I looked at the mainstream entrepreneurship journals, the Global South was almost totally underrepresented. Really, there was not much research reported. And of the research that was reported, what was striking about it was that existing theory and practice, which is really based in the West, was very ineffective um, in um, addressing any of the issues in emerging markets. And this really has continued on with, there has been some improvement, um, but what's striking is that policymakers and international development agencies increasingly are saying entrepreneurship is the solution for poverty and marginalization in the global south. But when we look at the rising levels of poverty, um, you know, that challenges that assertion absolutely. And then it's unable, there's no, among existing theory, there was really no explanatory purchase for, um, you know, among these existing frameworks. And I think, you know, it was um, Alistair really that brought a lot of this to the forefront and saying like most theoretical frameworks would either look, uh, take the perspective of the individual or they would, uh, that the individual was, uh, you know, responsible for the actions and processes or structure, institutions, right? But both of those perspectives really did ignored context. 
And so um, I saw this kind of as an opportunity to build on Alistair's um, legacy because I, I'm really keenly interested in understanding entrepreneurship in areas of extreme poverty. And um, again, looking at those interactions between entrepreneurs and their context. So I set out to examine that interactive impact and the actions and processes um, of an endogenous organization, because I found that most of, of the actions that would be reported would be international development or aid organizations. And this was uh, an opportunity to look at an endogenous change initiative. So in doing that, um, I conceptualized the problem of uh, entrepreneurs and necessity context as lacking sufficient agency, really, um, and that's gained through empowerment. But because they lack that agency, they were unable to, or they are unable to acquire the resources they need from contexts. So typically, you know, the we hear it in the literature and we say, well, if folks become entrepreneurs, they have access to resources. But that's not always the case. And we learned that from some other social science researchers outside the field of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. So I pro therefore I proposed the um, research question as follows. Can, and if so, how does the entrepreneuring of the Widows and Orphans Movement, which I refer to as WAM, um, how do, do those entrepreneurially empower the impoverished widow entrepreneurs in rural areas of Northern Ghana to deal with the resource lacunae, poverty and social exclusion of necessity contexts? And I think that that was another one of um, Alistair's contributions, I think, to say that, you know, the the term necessity entrepreneurship um, is really uh, underdeveloped. And so we need to do something about that. So that, in turn, was one of the things that I attempted to do. What are the main contributions of this paper? Okay, so one of the main contributions is the reconceptualization of uh, necessity entrepreneurship. And again, uh, uh, sort of conceptualizing it as engagement in necessity contexts. And as Alistair so aptly put it, you know, folks don't just have one context. There's multiple contexts that affect actions and processes. And so we have to be able to identify that. So that gives us a lot more, you know, because that, that concept is underdeveloped, If we look at it in that, that perspective, then we say, you know, clearly my context is different from your context. And, and similarly, uh, when we look at entrepreneurship. And so, um, you know, it, the other thing, I guess, is that we're focusing on the doings of entrepreneurship. And as a result of this entrepreneuring, Uh, again, that's how, you know, looking at how we bring about economic, institutional or cultural um, new environments. And it, again, it highlights really and, and puts the focus on the, the process of entrepreneurship. 
So the paper really uh, provides a lot of, I, I think, modest, of course, because <laughs> this is very exploratory, but it provides some conceptual insight into the interactive influence of entrepreneurship and necessity context. And one of the things that, you know, hasn't really been given it, its due, I think, is that entrepreneurship doesn't necessarily create empowerment or provide resources. You know, that's the that's the misnomer, you know, from policymakers. They say, oh, we'll create, uh, we'll encourage entrepreneurship and people will have resources and they'll be empowered and they'll have agency. And we, we can see from this paper that that's not the case. And I think, uh, you know, that's one of the important things that we, ha we need to acknowledge. Um, and also that, um, development of entrepreneurship and empowerment are not mutually exclusive. And so they can occur simultaneously. It's not a, uh, a linear process necessarily, um, uh, but it, again, and that new context can be created to reduce, the, uh, to reduce or shift the influence of uh, one context perhaps that is dominating its impact on folks. And uh, this was, you know, we could clearly see that within this um, uh, research that it was constraining a agency and uh, action and, and it was perpetuating um, poverty. So uh, uh, that's really an exciting uh, kind of um, discovery, I guess, if you want to uh, refer to it that. But overall, I, I think it, it, the paper leads to a more comprehensive understanding of how we can improve entrepreneurial practice in contexts of necessity. And again, each of those contexts, it's place-based, so it's quite different um, um, through it, but uh, through an analysis of the actions and process and how they were shaped by these contexts and in turn, how they led to entrepreneurial empowerment and the adoption of social practices to further develop agency. So as well in examining the empowerment process and its outcomes, the interactive role of agency and structure is highlighted. And, and I think that's key considering that, you know, it, it's not a, a one or the other in terms of, of theory. So those are, are some of the, uh, I guess some of the uh, main contributions. What was for you the, the main theoretical or maybe methodological challenge or challenges you have in addressing such a question? I, I think the biggest theoretical challenge was to narrow down, identify and narrow down the concepts that to be used in the research because all of these concepts are very complex. Entrepreneurship is complex. Uh, poverty is complex. Like we, we typically think of poverty as we think of income, but poverty is, you know, not being able to provide for the necessities of life. And that goes beyond uh, income. And so, and the other is I focused on um, my, um, my research was focused on women and very, um, very, very extremely poor women, women uh, living in in because they're widows and were it would have been easy to use gender as, a, you know, gender and entrepreneurship, but you can't do everything in a paper. And so it was to narrow it down and 
conceptually explain the relationship between necessity, poverty, agency, empowerment, and entrepreneurship. You know, it was, uh, I think it was quite, quite challenging. Um, but uh, in terms of the, you know, the, the question was about methodological challenge. And I would say I kind of had an, an opportunity in that regard rather than a challenge because I had a wonderful connection with WOM and there typically access becomes a problem in very remote rural areas in live in extreme poverty. You know, if you're looking at Ghana, most of the research goes on in Accra in the capital. There's very little in really remote areas. And so when you if you want to combat poverty, it where better to start doing research than in conditions of extreme poverty, you know, and here's where people have absolutely nothing and they don't speak English. And so by being able to be uh, have a contextual or orientation myself first and spend quite a bit of time there, I wasn't only able to observe, I was, we were able to have focus groups and with the women and also to be able to in, do some interviews as well. So, you know, it's, it, I think the, the research was, it was modest in many respects, but it was very um, rich in, in uh, understanding and being able to provide a good understanding of, of what entrepreneurship and what entrepreneuring went on there. So I saw that as an opportunity. During your research journey, what was for you the, the biggest surprise or the most counterintuitive result? Well, I mean, I identified a lot of different contexts, obviously, because, you know, context is multidimensional that people are, ex are exposed, they interact with this, this engagement in context. And the one context that was dominating was the ethnic context that had such a devastating impact on these widows. They were left with absolutely nothing. And um, I found it really surprising that a dominant context, power and influence could be virtually eliminated and replaced through the change actions. And, and, and to me, that was just, Um, really uh, inspiring. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think there were several reasons for it, but, um, you know, which I explain in, in, the, in the paper, but I think that to me, that was one. And one of the other, on a, on a very practical level, uh, one of the surprises to me was the level of agency developed and exercised by these widows. Like it wasn't just, it was beyond the economic sector. Um, and, and I guess it speaks to the fact that poverty is really more than about income. It's providing those necessities of life, but they were very engaged and very proactive in developing very various aspects of their life. And to me that really highlighted the, you know, the, the fact that entrepreneurship is really a social process, you know, uh, and it's uh, that people, even in conditions of extreme necessity, uh, they, uh, that development of the, the whole person is really, um, it was really powerful, so. What are the, the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs, managers, policymakers, practitioners in general? Uh, I would say that 
you know, this is quite, I guess, general in a sense, but I mean, entrepreneurship can play a key role in poverty alleviation, but when people are experiencing extreme poverty and where resources are non-existent, intervention is needed. And just to give an idea of the scope of that, one of these women described what she did before she was involved with WOM. And what they did, they said they had nothing. And so they would go out and pick up stones and put them at the end of the road and hope someone would come along and buy them. Like they didn't have skills, they didn't have money. They had no idea of how to use any perhaps natural resources that were around that they could have, they just, the intervention was often in those conditions of extreme poverty, intervention is really needed. And the intervention requires understanding of those various contexts that people are interacting and engaging with. If the process of creating entrepreneurial empowerment and agency is going to be effective in building capacity for greater self-sufficiency. So I think those lessons apply, you know, irrespective of the, the gen, you know, the specific um, findings of how the change process happened in this particular case. And I think, you know, providing choice and self-determination is just that key part of, you know, developing not only the empowerment, but entrepreneurship. These women had choices about what they were going to do when they were, you know, given opportunities to develop their skills and things. But it's, you know, it's a long-term uh, process. It doesn't happen overnight. But I think if it's, if it is um, led by endogenously, then it has a lot more opportunity for effectiveness because there's a, a keen understanding so that it becomes development and entrepreneurship by people, not for them. So I think that, and in some contexts, particularly rural ones that are very remote, both individual and collective capacity building can play a key role in sustainable livelihoods that reduce poverty. Um, I think too often in entrepreneurship, we have a very individual focus. And we this research kind of highlights the importance of both individual and collective capacity. So these women were individual entrepreneurs, but they also did things together that created a lot of synergy and enabled them to add value to what they were doing. And so, um, you know, I think overall, um, symbiotic relationships, either, you know, among participants and among key stakeholders can make, uh, you know, really lead to uh, greater levels of sustainability and, and self-sufficiency. Thanks a lot, Monica, for participating to our show and presenting your paper entitled Entrepreneuring in Necessity Context, Affecting Change Among Widow Entrepreneurs in Northern Ghana. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-ud.com and on the main podcast platforms. Thank you. 